Hi there. Welcome to Facebook Live this week. It's um, it's me, Cheryl Richardson, for those of you who may not know who I am. and uh, But a lot of you do. I know a lot of you join me here each week. So I'm looking forward to talking with you. And it's, um, it's a beautiful, almost sunset, almost sunset here in Massachusetts. Hi, Terry. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Glad you're here. And hi, Kath. Um, it's, it's right around that time <laughs> where the sun starts to, starts to go down and the animals start to come out and the birds start to go away for a little while. Hi, Sheila. Welcome, Sheila. I'm so glad you're here. And Mary. Sheila, um, I hope you have a wonderful trip back to your homeland. I got your email and I understand you're doing that. And that's really great. Hi, Mary and Becky and Karen. Welcome to you. And Sarah and um, Alice. Oh, Alice, is today your birthday? Happy birthday. Hi, Joel. Glad you're here. And Lori and Adrian and Teresa. Um, and Inspire, Inspire Girl, <laughs> Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Welcome. I'm glad you're here too. Um, tonight, I'm going to be talking about befriending the inner critic. Just in case you have one, you might not. Um, although if you're like most people, you've got, it seems like a team of inner critics inside, right? A whole bunch of people there. Um, so I want to talk about befriending the inner critic. And, um, so I'm going to do that in just a couple of minutes. And uh, in the meantime, let me just continue. Hi, Marilyn from Seattle and Ma Mary Claire. Welcome to you. And Ursula, glad you're here from Ireland. Welcome. Hi, Amy and Dustin. I'm glad you could catch a live broadcast too. And Joanne and Linda. Hi, Linda. How are you? And Diane, um, welcome to you. <laughs> so sweet. Diane says, hi, sweetness. Hi, sweetness. Right back to you. So this morning I woke up about seven o'clock and I got up and I went into the bathroom and um, brushed my teeth and washed my face and you know just kind of did the normal morning routine and I looked at the clock and it was like 7 20 and all of a sudden I realized oh my god I have a 7 30 Skype call with a friend of mine in Europe and um, I need to be on my computer in 10 minutes and I wasn't dressed and I had, my hair wasn't done. It was like all over the place. And um, I just, I was like, oh God. So I raced into, um, raced into my closet, pulled out something from the waist up. <laughs> Pajama bottoms on the bottom was fine, but waist up, I got dressed. Uh, brushed my hair, did, did what I could with my hair, put on a little bit of makeup and uh, went downstairs and got on the computer and ended up talking with my friend and um, we spent about an hour together and then after that uh, I got I threw on my gym clothes I went to the gym worked out for an hour had a really hard workout at the gym that I go to some days are harder than others and I uh, finished the workout and went right from there to my daily, um, daily, my weekly cafe meeting with my friend Beth. Those of you who read my newsletter probably read that I talked about how my friend Beth and I get together every Wednesday and after we go to the gym together and then afterwards we go to a local cafe and we work. I, I clean my inbox 
of my email. I'm trying to do most of my uh, email uh, one day a week on Wednesdays, unless I have to reply to some things because there's something urgent. I save everything till Wednesday. We sit down, we work every now and then we look up, we remind each other to get up and walk around and then we go right back to working again. So at uh, 1.15, I finished working at the cafe, hopped in my car to go home. Uh, remembered I had a call with my editor at 1.30. The Art of Extreme Self-Care is being, um, I've revised it and updated it and it's coming out uh, in, I think, early November. So we were talking about that. And when we finished our call, I had about an hour to just relax before I had a three o'clock um, Zoom meeting that lasted an hour and a half. So why do I tell you all this? Because by the time I finished my Zoom meeting, which was really quite enjoyable, it was something I wanted to do and I really enjoyed it. But by the time I finished that Zoom meeting, I felt exhausted and overwhelmed. My desk was a mess and um, there were some things that I needed to get done around the house. And I just, I started beating myself up about it. You should know better, Cheryl. You do this and you end up feeling tired. Why do you book yourself one thing after the other? Even if they're pleasurable things, there's still commitments one after the other. You should know better. You teach this stuff. Of course you feel tired. You know, you should, you should go meditate. You should go sit down and just relax. Go watch television or, you know, Oh, and by the way, you should really focus on what you're going to make for yourself tonight at dinner. Like, what are you going to, um, what are you going to make? What healthy meal are you going to make for dinner tonight? And I just, I just noticed this going on. Um, these, you should do this. You shouldn't have done that. This is the next thing you ought to do. And I stopped. And I went, went into the kitchen. I made myself a cup of calming tea. <laughs> and I, um, I sat down in the living room and I just took a few deep breaths and then I thanked my inner critic for doing her best to protect my time and energy for reminding me that I need to practice better self-care that it's an ongoing process that's going to be an ongoing process probably for the rest of my life because I love life and there's lots of things I love to do and I love helping people, and I love talking with friends, and um, I can't do all of it all the time. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good self-care. So I sat there drinking, sipping a cup of tea, having a conversation with myself. First, the inner critic, that part of me. It's all right. I hear you. You don't have to be mean. I got the message. I know that you're trying to protect me, and the way you're going about it isn't supporting me. So let me just be gentle with myself. Oh yeah, okay, so you did too much. You booked too many things in a row. Yes, you've done it before. You come by it honestly, sweetheart, this desire to just push yourself because you've been very good at it your whole life, but it's not working for us anymore. So let's just take a breath. Let's just rest. And I rested for a while. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to make sweet potatoes. I'm going to make baked sweet potatoes with peas and flax oil and maybe some spinach. So I baked the sweet potato 
and I, you know, when it's all baked, I open it up and then I put cooked peas inside the sweet potato. Sometimes I add spinach. Sometimes I'll throw in some walnuts and then I put flax oil over it and salt and pepper. And so I thought, I'm going to put some sweet potatoes in the oven just before I go on my Facebook Live. And when I went to do that, I thought, and I'm going to sprinkle cinnamon in the pan because I know that as they're baking, the house is going to begin to fill with the scent of cinnamon. And it'll just smell lovely. So it's like a, just a yummy kind of act of self-care to do that. And so I did that. It was really simple. Put that in the oven, then came in and sat down. And just breathed and stared outside, watched two squirrels eating out of the feeder and um, watched the birds coming to the feeder and just stared out at the backyard, just like staring at the clouds moving across the window here. And by the time um, I arrived here to you, I just felt much more centered and more loving. The other thing I want to point out is when I was going about cooking my meal, I did things like I started to move slowly, uh, breathe deeply, uh, just take my time. I think a lot of us need to be reminded to take our time. So, you know, there's a number of ways that we can, so, well, let me say this. I'm sure that there are some of you listening to me and um, thinking, oh boy, I know exactly what she's talking about because I've been beating myself up all day. Maybe you didn't eat right. Maybe you didn't get to the gym. Maybe you worked too long. Maybe you screwed up at work and made a mistake or said something nasty to somebody and now you've got a problem with a relationship. And we always tend, or, or maybe something isn't working out the way that you wanted it to. And instantly what we do is we always look at, okay, what did I do wrong? What, what did I, what, what shouldn't I have done? Or what did I, you know, what should I have done? And uh, it seems like the inner critic is a very present, strong voice in most of our lives. And I've said it so many times and I've posted graphic quotes that say, if beating ourselves up worked, would all be thin, rich, and happy. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Being kind to ourselves really does work. Having compassion for yourself, and also at the same time, recognizing that there are different people that exist within us, the inner critic. If you'll notice, my inner critic started telling me things that I needed to do. I also have an inner taskmaster. She loves to just give me orders. Um, she thinks that by giving me orders or filling up a to-do list, you know, a list of things that should be done now or shouldn't be done now, that somehow that's going to make things all better. But it doesn't. Because when we're overwhelmed by anything, disappointment, frustration, somebody else's behavior, when we're overwhelmed by what needs to be done or what hasn't been done yet, the most resourceful and intelligence, intelligent response to that is to get quiet and get centered again before taking any kind of action. And part of that getting quiet and getting centered again means stopping and speaking to yourself as though you were an exquisitely good mother. Now the truth is most of us didn't have good mothering. I know my mother didn't have good mothering and her mother didn't have good mothering. So expecting to come out of a family where there wasn't healthy modeling for good internal voices uh, is like taking a child who can't even play chopsticks on a piano and expecting them to play Beethoven. It doesn't work.
So we have to learn together how we can be good mothers to ourselves. And speaking kindly to ourselves is one of the most important things we can do. Slowing down, breathing deeply, noticing there's the inner critic. Uh, you, I don't know what, your inner, you know what you might call your inner critic. Mine's very critical. I sometimes think of my inner critic, I think of her as like my inner monitor, like a school monitor. Do you ever have one of those? I don't, I, I don't even remember what that is, except I know I have negative connotations to it. You know, a school monitor would be somebody who's monitoring students, right? Well, I have an inner monitor who monitors my behavior, monitors my thinking, and judges it, and then tells me why it's not good or how it needs to change. And I do have an inner taskmaster, somebody who uh, really pushes me. From a very young age, I've been somebody who has always uh, um, been task-oriented because it's kept me safe, and it's kept me... Uh, in the good graces of others. And today I wanna to be in the good grace of myself. So some of the other things that I do to befriend the inner critic, the inner critical voice, is sometimes I'll stop, take out a pad of paper, just grab a white pad of paper and a pen, and I'll say to my inner critic, what are you trying to tell me? Beneath the angry words or the mean words, the mean language, what are you trying to tell me? And I may, write that with, I may write that question with one color pen and then pick up another color pen and start, um, start writing the response to that. I did that the other day in relation to a, a completely different topic. I asked my inner critic um, what it was, my inner bully, I think I called her. You know, what is it you're trying to tell me? Like, why are you here? And I got so much really interesting, relevant, helpful information just by free writing. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about it. I just was writing anything that occurred to me. And I kept writing, 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 writing. And after two and a half pages of writing in my journal, I went back to read it and noticed that, oh, as tough as this part of me was, she was really trying to protect me. She was trying to care for me and uh, trying to protect my time and my energy and my space. So sometimes journaling can be a really great way of understanding what part of you is getting activated and what that part uh, is doing and why it's doing it. And then also what that part, well, let me say it this way, who is that part of you protecting? That's the other question I often ask um, when I'm journaling. I might say to my inner taskmaster, who are you trying to protect? Or what are you trying to protect? I think that's also really important questions to ask. What are you trying to protect? That's where I got the, I'm trying to protect your time. I'm trying to protect your energy. I'm trying to protect your privacy. Like these are some of the, some of the answers that I'll get. So journaling can be a great way to open a communication, a dialogue, to create a bridge between you and the parts of you that might be tripping you up in some way. Sometimes getting together with a good friend who is mature enough to just witness your conversation, sometimes you can get together and you can say, you know, can I just give voice to what's going on in my head? And I'm gonna just do that for a little while and then ask you, if you had to label that voice, what would you label it? What, what kind of person or what, what job would you give that voice? And sometimes we can get a different perspective from somebody outside of us who is loving and caring and not you know, needing to throw their two cents in or not wanting to give us advice, but really 
just willing to um, willing to just hear, to listen deeply, and then mirror back what they hear in a loving way. That can also be a wonderful way to befriend your inner critic. Um, I like to do, I, I always say this, I love to do visual reminders right up here in my office window. I have, um, I love you, I really, really love you, and it's on the window up against the sky. So when I look up at the, um, when I look up the clouds, I see I love you, I really, really love you. And I'm just reminded in that moment to be kind to myself and to be loving to myself. Um, I have, you know, I have other little signs around that I use or sometimes symbols. I have, um, I have, I've shown you these before, but I've got um, wonderful little statues of female deities, um, divine, divine mothers, and they remind me to be a good mother to myself as well. I have a beautiful one of um, Mary, who, Mother Mary, who is up on my mantle that my grandmother gave me many, many, many years ago, and that reminds me as well. So anyway, um, it's important that we learn to become aware of the inner critic, form a relationship with the inner critic, and then also form an inner ally. And the inner ally is the good mother. Sweetheart, stop. Talking to yourself this way isn't gonna do you any good. I know you're scared or you're overwhelmed or you're exhausted. Let's work on what you need in order to feel better, in order to feel more at peace, more resourceful, more able to help yourself. Let's be loving about that, shall we? that just is that kind of dialogue with yourself makes sense. It's silly to think that we can change in any kind of positive way through bullying, meanness, harshness, um, pushing ourselves. It's just silly. And here's the spiritual component to all of this. When we start to talk to ourselves in a loving way, we open, I like to think of it as opening a portal to a benevolent force of energy that really does love us, that has our best interest at heart. It's almost as though we, we unite with grace. And in doing so, we allow life to begin unfolding on our behalf. When we're harsh and we're pushing and we're driving and we're mean and we're bullying, we're just attracting more of the same into our lives. It's not a constructive way of being. So in befriending the inner critic, in, in getting to know these parts of you, in speaking more lovingly to yourself, kindly to yourself, um, this is true for men and women. I don't care who you are or what you do. Everybody has a harsh inner critic. I've heard them all. <laughs> I've heard a lot of them. When we start to really, really take the time to befriend the inner critic, to befriend ourselves, we really do unite with grace. And then it can work its magic in our lives. And I say it can work its magic in our lives, but it's actually quite more scientific than that. Because we, we are energy. I'm energy, you're energy, everything is energy. Everything is waves of energy. And when we're putting loving energy out into the world, we are then inviting loving energy back into our lives. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So anyway, I want you to practice this week just becoming a witness 
just witnessing the voices in you that are harsh. And when they come up, just notice, just start to just notice. Notice what you say to yourself and how you say it to yourself and what you expect yourself to do. And then just temper those voices with some loving kindness. I always say, put your hand over your heart. I'm always doing that. Cheryl, sweetheart, I love you. You know what? You, you did the best you could today. Okay, so you booked too many things. You had too many things going on. That's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Tonight's another night. I have nothing to do tonight. I'm going to just chill, probably take a hot bath and stare at the clouds and just go easy on myself. When in doubt, go easy on yourself. When in doubt, go easy on yourself. It's a good thing to remember. All right. Let me look at some of your comments here. And, um, and you know what I did too is I have my phone with me because a friend of mine was telling me that if I, here we go, if I use my phone, comments here and let and, me shut um, off the, and you know what I did too, can I do this? Let's see if I can turn the volume all the way down. There we go. Now, because this way I think I'll be able to see, read your comments, hopefully, instead of, um, instead of them going away, <laughs> instead of them disappearing. So let's see. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Linda says, taking a deep breath as I hear you talk about this, I'm noticing how much I need to do that. That happens to me a lot of, time, a lot of times, too. Um, uh, <laughs> so let's see. Um, great, Julie. I'm glad that this is helpful. Thank you, Betsy. That's good. I'm so glad. And hi to everybody who's here. Um, oh, that's sweet. Diane says, I say to myself, to that part of me, slow down, honey. We'll work on this. You know, Louise Hay used to say, I'll never forget, we were out one day and she did something and she was upset with herself and she went, it's okay, it's okay. I, I think I've told you all that before. You know, she's always saying, it's okay, it's all right, everything's okay. Um, let's see. Yes, the inner critic is usually a bully, isn't that true? And most people do have high expectations of themselves. And that's just a recipe for the inner critic to jump in, isn't it? It's usually the case. Um, let's see. Yeah, I know. I think about, you know, pets grounding us too. Somebody talked about her daughter grounding her. Jess is here. Hey, Jess, I got your email. I'm glad to see you here. Um, it's wonderful to write a letter to yourself from your own compassionate, loving self. That's a great idea. Um, um, and the critic, she says, the critic is loud every time I think about completing the letter. Well, sometimes we actually have to have a dialogue with the critic first. We can't get to the compassionate part of us until we, until we build a bridge between us and the inner critic. And that's why you might want to try by um, sitting down and asking the inner critic to tell you what she wants you to know, what she's doing, why she's here, who she's protecting. There's usually a wounded part of us that the inner critic is trying to protect that used to protect when we were younger. And she needs to know she doesn't need to protect that part anymore, that you'll do the job. And um, Jess, I was thinking too, I just want to say when I was reading your email, I know that you're, you said, talked about being 27. You know, you're in what astrologers call the Saturn return of your life, where you start to question what you're doing and whether or not you want to head in the same direction. And 
who am I and what do I want in life and uh, what am I doing and what should I be doing? And we compare ourselves to others during that time in life. Um, we can do that in seven year cycles, as a matter of fact. And what I want to say to you, Jess, is um, you're absolutely where you're supposed to be. And this is a good topic for you because being kind and gentle with yourself as you go through this transition period is really critical. I find that in the Saturn return periods, the people who are most creative and the people who are sort of like spiritual pioneers really get rocked because they compare themselves to others and they just don't fit in. And at some point, if you hang on and really cultivate that loving voice inside of you, you'll get through to the other side and you'll wind up doing something really unique and special with your life. And I have no doubt that that will be the case for you, Jess. I suspect that will be the case. Um, let's see. Hi, Cindy, who's new and here from Michigan. Welcome. I'm glad that you joined us. Thank you for that. Um, I know Sean says, I love it when someone calls me sweetheart or sweetie. That's so true. And she says, I shall start calling myself that. I do it all the time, sweetheart, sweetie, you know, it's okay. I don't know, there's something about just using those words that automatically just makes you feel like you want to be kind to yourself. Well, you already are kind to yourself, right? Um, <laughs> Betsy says one of her favorite sayings is enough for one day. Then you get to relax. I love that. That's great. Um, let's see. Um, Vanessa says, sometimes I feel I still beat up the inner teenager in myself. It's like I reject a part of me. Yes, that's what we do, Vanessa. Um, in some ways, the critical part of us is rejecting or is, is really protecting. I mean, really, that's what the, the, har the harsh parts of us are usually protecting some very old part of us that was wounded and hurt. Um, and it is self-rejecting to constantly be berating oneself. That's why we want to cultivate uh, the voice of an inner ally. And so, um, yeah, so, so Betsy's saying, can you please explain that again? So there are multiple parts of us. You know, I spent three years doing something called internal family systems therapy. It's a really wonderful, wonderful form of therapy. IFS is what it's called. And if you go on Psychology Today's website to the Find a Therapist area, you can actually find therapists who, who are trained in and certified in IFS work. So Betsy, there are multiple parts of us inside. There can be the rebel, the, the, um, you know, the taskmaster, as I said, the critic, the bully, the, um, the, uh, the helpless one. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the parts that I've dealt with before. The, uh, the maverick, I have a maverick inside of me. And um, these parts were usually formed early in life in response to trauma, in response to painful situations, or let's say it this way, in response to untenable situations, situations that we couldn't handle. So for example, let's say you grew up in an alcoholic home and you had to be an adult at a very young age. You may have had to develop a taskmaster part of you to protect the, the vulnerable child who couldn't be a kid. And so that part of you becomes very deeply ingrained and well-formed to protect you when you're young, but then it starts running the show as you get older. And anytime you're faced with any kind of threatening situation in your adult life, 
that part gets activated again. So I hope that makes sense. And um, I would recommend um, Dick Schwartz is the, the founder of IFS, Internal Family Systems Work. Terry, if, we, if you could do me a favor, I can't remember his book title, but if you could just pull up his book on Amazon where he talks about this type of therapy. Betsy, you might want to check out that book. It could be really helpful. Um, I found it to be very, very helpful. Susan says, I notice whose voice the critic sounds like and ask it to please step aside while I give myself some space around the learning here. Thanks, Susan. And what I love about that, and I love you, Susan, what I love about that, Susan's a dear friend of mine, is um, asking that part to give us space so that we can learn. And you can even do that in a journal. What do you, you, know, what do you have to teach me? Tell me who you protected. Tell me what you protected. Like just, could you do me a favor? Sometimes I'll say to my inner critic, could you do me a favor and just take a nap while I kind of explore what's going on here? Or sometimes you can even imagine the inner critic sitting in a chair across from you and have a dialogue with it. Could we just have a dialogue together? Could we just do that? And then you could literally just switch from voice to voice. But I like that idea of please step aside. I also um, think it's really wise to ask questions like, whose voice is that? When you find yourself being harsh, whose voice is that right now? Notice whose voice it is. You might get some clues about where it was formed. Um, yeah, lots of good advice here. I hope all of you go back and read through some of the comments here because um, there's lots of, lots of, um, lots of people you know, sharing what they do to deal with their own inner critic. I think it's really wise. Kate says, hi, Cheryl. I'm from Pittsburgh. Love Pittsburgh. Thank you for your openness and wisdom. How do you help children who have a strong inner critic that push themselves too hard? Will these techniques work for them as well? Absolutely, Kate. Um, first of all, I always say I don't have children, but I've worked with plenty of moms and dads. One of the best things we do is model this behavior. So for example, if you find yourself, Kate, being harsh, speaking harshly to yourself in front of your children. Let them hear you speak gently. Oh, mommy's being really mean to herself right now. That's not the way to do it. Oh, mommy, wait a minute. I love you, sweetheart. Let's, let's try and find a different way to do this. So you can speak that way to yourself in front of your children and then you're modeling the behavior. And you can also do that with your children when you catch them speaking harshly to themselves depending on their age, if they're very young, you can just speak gently and kindly to them. Because remember, they, they are going to internalize the mothering, the voices that you use, Kate. If they're older, you can then just say to them, let me teach you a different way of handling this situation. Because being mean to yourself isn't going to work. But let's look at a different way of doing it. And then you can use some of the techniques that we talked about, without a doubt. I think that can be really, really helpful. Um, yes, let's see. Okay. Um. <clears throat> um. Joyce says, hi, Cheryl. I loved waking up in winter. I'm almost 50, and I have three children still at home. God bless you, sweetheart. I am... Uh, that I've homeschooled, 9, 12, and 14, a double God bless you. <laughs> I'm not enjoying some of the extracurricular activities we do anymore, but I feel guilty cutting back and saying no. I prefer to be at home with them or family field trips, and they get together with friends every so often. 
is it okay to make this change or am I being selfish? The greatest gift, Joy, the greatest gift a mother gives her children is, it, is tending to her own self-care. Now, why is that? Because she'll be far less resentful. She'll be far less frustrated. She'll be more loving and kind, both to herself and to her children. Um, you've got a nine, a 12, and a 14-year-old. They're old enough that I would call a meeting and I would say to them, you know what? Mommy's not having as much fun with some of the activities we're doing. And I'm wondering if you could help me. Could we brainstorm together? Could you help me to come up with other ideas of things that we could do together that we'd all enjoy? Because sometimes, you know, when you've done things the same way for a long time or you're no longer doing things you really enjoy doing, you lose energy. And I don't want to lose energy with all of you. So could we work together to come up with some new ideas and then see what they have to say, Joy? You might be really surprised by how, um, how wise your kids are and how helpful they can be for you. I promise you, you'd be really, you'd be amazed. Um, uh, yeah, I'm so glad people are talking about being kinder to themselves. It's a good thing. Um, and again, please, please, all of you read these different uh, comments because there's just a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, Okay, I am going to wrap this up pretty soon and I hope that it's helpful to all of you. Um, <laughs> and I love how you talk to one another too, it's really great. Okay, oh great, thank you Joy, I'm so glad that that was helpful. Um, yeah, Alicia says, a friend suggested that I write five things I like about myself. The critic list came on fast and sure, and I sure struggled to find the good in me, but she told me to carry it and look at it when the critic calls. It's a good idea. It's a very good idea. As a matter of fact, you could make it a daily practice. If you have a strong inner critic, you could make it a daily practice to write five or 10 things you love about yourself or five or 10 things you wish a loving mother would say to you. Five or 10 things. I wish a loving mother would say to me, and then you can go back and read them, but it's a great practice every day. Even if you repeat yourself, doesn't matter. I think it's a, I think it's a great practice anyway. Okay. All right, everybody. Um, yeah. Ru rushing is bad self-care, isn't it? Deborah? I know. Um, I don't, I don't really rush anymore, but I still kind of put too many things sometimes into my schedule. I need more space. I think what it is is I'm adapting to, this stage of my life where space is becoming even more important to my well-being and I'm just learning. See, this is watch. This is a healthy mother. I'm just learning about what I need at this time in relation to time and space and energy. And I'm discovering through not doing it what it is that I need to do. And I'm going to learn from that. And I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to start doing things differently tomorrow and probably next week and next month. I'm gonna get better at this. I know I will, because I'm smart and I've gotten better at a lot of things. So I'm gonna really practice getting better at this. You see, that's the inner ally, the good mother, the, the inner good mother. Anyway, I uh, hope this is helpful to all of you. Thank you so much as you always do for joining me when I come here. I really appreciate that. 
it's good to be with you. Be really lovely to yourself. Um, I was going to say this week, but just be really lovely to yourself in general. We get so much more accomplished in life when we're loving and kind to ourselves. We really do. And so, um, and we enjoy the ride. And after all, remember, I always like to say the soul is here to experience life, not to plow through it, drive through it, fight it, conquer it. It's simply here to experience life. Let's make it a loving experience, shall we? <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a great week and I'll see you again soon. Lots of love. Bye.